What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that doesn't even know what TV is anymore, it's Sifpop. Pop streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he is my successful and six-foot co-host, Andrew Ormsby. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Ooh. Welcome back, my friend. Well, hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, just referencing TV keeps changing. Right? And it's just, it's wild. TV now seems to be, here's six half-hour episodes. Welcome to a full TV season. It's like, that's kind of a long movie at that point, right? Pretty much. You know? Uh, where we watch it keeps changing. Streaming, you know, it's or streaming. On TV. Like network is now the last place I think about watching television. Uh, it's usually a streaming app, or or I probably even a Blu-ray before I would you know turn on a network. So yeah, it's more along the lines of like uh, I'll wait for it to come to Hulu or Netflix or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally can't times. remember the last time I watched a show on the actual network. Fascinating times indeed. Uh, we are going to take most of this show <laughs> to do the two thousand. 2019 Sif Pop TV Awards. That's right, the Sifties. Sifties are back. The Sifties are back. Uh, we do this every fall, uh, kind of in line when with the Emmys happen. Yeah. We go just so you know, we go from uh, September 1st in our the way we do it. So anything that has that airs new episodes between September 1st of last year to September 1st of this year, uh, we kind of consider those in the running. Uh, so we will definitely get into that. Uh, we will also do some buried treasure at the end. And we will also kick it off 
Wissam, do we care? Every single 30 minutes before the show starts, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, or four this week, yeah, I forgot. And we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, the big news that broke right before we started. This is nice, we don't usually have this. <laughs> Breaking feel, news, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like gentlemen. we get to be on the, the cutting edge of commenting exactly, here. Exactly, because this is actually something a lot of people may not know about. Spider-Man's back in the MCU, baby. Yeah, man. Um, I knew it. Yeah, we said this. We said that we both sat across from each other when the whole thing, oh, it's not happening, happened and said, guys, be patient. Mm -hmm. It's happening. They're going to work this out. Yeah. There's too much money at stake. This is all part of the negotiations. In every big negotiation almost ever of all time, people walk away from the table before walking back to it. Yeah. It's going to be okay. This is just one of those unfortunate times where... The middle of the negotiation was the highlight of the uh, social, you know, knowledge, you know, like Mm -hmm. it wasn't over, but people assumed it was over. Yeah. You know, so. Well, in in, in fairness, I think all we know is that Spider-Man's going to have the next uh, homecoming type movie uh, with MC or in the MCU. And he's going to get one more appearance. In another MCU movie. That's really all we know is that there are two more movies that uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man will be in the MCU. Do you think they'll kill him off? Ooh, good question. Uh, I don't know. I just know the the reason this makes the most sense is because of all the stuff that happened in the post credit scene of the last yeah. Spider-Man movie. But, but no, I don't know. I'm not expecting you to know this, but it's a question I have. Do they own the rights to Spider-Man only Peter Parker? No, well, because they, so, they, they the Inch of Spider Verse has Miles Morales. That yeah, was yeah. where I was going with that. But, yeah, no, no, no. They yeah. they Mar- Marvel when they made that deal originally gave them the keys to the Spider Man comic universe. Yeah. So they that's why they have Venom. That's why they have you know the Spider Man uh, primary villains. Uh, I don't the know all. Six. Yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of that contract. Yeah, but. Um, but I do know that it's nice that uh, that the MCU will will be able to have Tom. Back in the, the yeah. fold for a couple more movies, at least. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how what they decided to do about the financing and stuff, either. We don't know if they're... Unless I missed it, but I didn't like see... Like I said, man, this is all within the last hour or so. I did not see any of the details of the deal and if they're continuing on with the way it worked formerly, which I don't think Disney wanted to do. It would surprise me if Disney was like, okay, we'll just do it the way it was. I feel like they probably met somewhere uh, in the middle for these two movies, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and find out. Hypothetically, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Yeah. For the simple fact that I think that if Disney went back to that deal, the original deal, it would make Sony out to be the bad guy. Because it would have Marvel and Disney being like, okay, we're the ones compromising, compromising so that... Taking you know, the high road kind of thing. We're going to take the high road so that, you know... Because it's all about the fans, you know? The fans are what matter. <laughs> right, yeah. So, you know, they'd play that card. I could see them, you know, Bob Iger and Feige trying to play that card. I can too, but at the same time, they're all, they've are all they also proven to be pretty shrewd business people. You know what I mean? I mean, Disney continues to business it up. And uh, and Lord Business over there, Iger. I, you know, I, I don't I don't know that that he's. I don't know that he would take a deal he didn't think would at least move them towards something a little more beneficial. Yeah, but I, we'll see. I again, it's just all breaking now, so we don't really know. But exciting, and yeah, it's happy. Totally. Good news. Totally, bring it on. Also, good news. Kevin Feige 
producing a Star Wars film. This was inevitable. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, I, I have a question. So is he... No, I'm, well, here's what I'm not saying. Although, don't put it past the movie industry, you know, 15 years from our content industry, I should say, in the next, you know, couple decades. I'm not saying Star Wars and Marvel are going to combine into one cinematic universe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but what I am asking is, is, is Feige going to Marvelize Star Wars in some way? Like, is he going to attempt to bring it to a place where it's more about understanding the individual characters and then giving them their place to shine and then bringing that together or is it i mean we we literally know nothing i'm asking what you think it's going to be is he going to oversee a series of movies is he going to oversee one movie how does kathleen kennedy play into all this because it's kind of her baby so it's true. I, I don't know it's it's going to be fascinating all of the articles i saw granted i didn't read every single one of them you know but um all of them said a movie Mm-hmm. So a singular movie, again hypothetically, just playing devil's advocate here, which I guess dev- devil's advocate is kind of a bad way of saying this, but I think that Feige will go down as like one of the most brilliant-minded producers ever to have a vision for mm-hmm. not only a movie but you know a far, far-reaching idea. You can say playing daredevil's advocate if you like. That's, <laughs> hey, that's probably where you want to go. There we go. <laughs> um, but uh, I would be interested if they did a. Uh, if they if they marvelized it, I don't know how Star Wars fans because they were so set in their ways. We were having a fun Star Wars conversation <laughs> right before this podcast started. It's fun the way to describe it. It's always well, fun anytime time. I get into a Last Jedi argument. It's just like, are we going through this again? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, maybe it's because you were outnumbered and I felt it like was, I was on yes, the right no, side. I was absolutely outnumbered in this case. <laughs> but um. I think that, you know, Star Wars fans, as we discussed, can be set in their ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they would feel with, you know, uh, Star Wars going from a more space opera to a or to a character-based uh, story arc. Having said that, though, I would be very excited for a Obi-Wan movie, which they're doing. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that or not, but uh, Ewan McGregor's coming back to play Obi-Wan. Yeah, in a I thought that movie. was on Disney+. Plus. I it thought was. that was a TV series. Oh, all, I, all I saw was that uh, Ewan McGregor's coming back. Yeah. I almost said Conor McGregor, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally, <laughs> totally different, different McGregor. Totally different series. Yeah. Uh, that's the cocaine series. Anywho, <laughs> um, so... Yeah, possibly. Here's, here's my vision. Okay. Uh, You're, what you want or what you think no, no, will no, happen? What, what I'm saying, when I say this, I'm saying Feige did something interesting with Iron Man. That, too, was just, you know, one movie at the time. You know, like the idea of what we know as the MCU mm-hmm. was but a gleam in Kev- Kevin Feige's eye when he produced Iron Man, right? So it, what is the version of that that he does w- with Star Wars where it's like, let's put out this feeler. Let's do something character-driven, one particular character, uh, whatever it might be. The difference is, I don't know that you can do it with a known existing Star Wars character because it's different. These characters have already been in the film landscape uh, in very distinct ways, whereas with Iron Man, it was pretty much a comic book character that you got to play with on the big screen. So I think you almost have to start from scratch. What if the Mandalorian is the jumping off point? I mean, it could be. Yeah. It could be. I just, the way Kevin Feige thinks about the MCU, I have a, I have a hard time believing he's not considering what that could look like with Star Wars. 
it would be fascinating if he were to, uh, you know, take the reins of KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. you know, going super far back, like way, like far, far in the histories, like way before uh, all of them, really. Yeah. Uh, that would be fascinating when the Sith were as populous as the Jedi, you know? I like this idea. I like the idea of doing something called, like, the Jedi Tales or yeah. something like the Jedi Cinematic Universe or something like that where the first movie just focuses on a very particular Jedi, tells their story, tells how they became a Jedi, where they went, where they came from, and then eventually you have a team-up if you've made several of these movies. I think that might be the possible way you can kind of put your feelers out on this. How would you feel about a Jedi, like the actual force origin? Like, well, then you start, I'm, I'm fine with it. Explore it. It doesn't matter to me. I just know for a lot of fans, that stuff becomes really scary because everybody has their own ideas of what, I mean, think of the response to midichlorians. You know what I mean? Like anytime somebody (laughs) actually, that's not canon anymore. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. How is that not canon? It's in one of the nine movies. I know it's in one of the nine movies, but how is that not canon? They, uh, were they just joking? I guess, (laughs) but apparently they, uh, remember that midichlorian thing I said, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so funny. April fools. (laughs) That's why quiet gone died is because he was an idiot he <laughs> thought joking about midichlorians yeah uh <laughs> but yeah there's a there's an abundance of ways that feige could go about this or maybe he's just doing a single movie yeah and, totally and that we're just seeing this guy who's done this thing that n- has never been done before and we think that that's his only card right so I don't know. It, it, it definitely will be fascinating yeah. uh, to see kind of how that all goes down. So good stuff. <laughs> number That's, three. Number three. Bring it on. All right. Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum all returning for Jurassic World 3. Of course they are. Yeah. Because we, we can't leave anything in the past. No. Um, I mean, great. Hey, it, did you see the, the mini? The Star no, Wars? No, I haven't. Tri- okay. I haven't. Have it's, you? Yeah. Is it good? It's fine. Okay, it's it's all taking place at darks or at night, like mm-hmm. <laughs> lit by a campfire. So like, oh yeah, you know that this was some pretty bad CG that they're just trying to hide. <laughs> but it's fine. I mean, it's a singular uh, story. Were we are we on the same page on the Jurassic World movies? Kind of like the first one and the second one completely let us. It down. was horrible. Yeah, the Jurassic World two was atrocious. It's, Jurassic it's World so bad, really good. Like I think you and I are Jurassic World apologists. Yes, but Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom garbage. I and, and where it takes the Jurassic idea, the Jurassic Park idea yeah. is just I like it's just not where I want to see it go. I'm just not interested in oh let's go stop the escaped dinosaurs. Yeah, like I saw more of that than I wanted to see in the Lost World. Like it's just I I don't know. That's I the the whole not the whole but so much of what I love about Jurassic Park is taking. The dinosaur taking us to the dinosaurs, take putting us in what it might have been like without, mm-hmm. you know, our modern world to see these giant creatures and these beasts. Yeah. Once you bring them into a city or populated areas, it just it just becomes another creature feature horror movie. And I just yeah. I don't know. I'm just that's not where I wanted to see it go. Also, spoilers for Fallen Kingdom if you haven't seen that horrible <laughs> movie, but. Um, only like 30 dinosaurs got out. Right. 
they should all just boom they're shot they're dead yeah you know how is this a problem well i think that the jurassic world fallen kingdom set up the premise that humanity is now dumb as bricks <laughs> and that we're just fodder now for anything for a dinosaur uh, to kill are we, yeah like are we are we jumping five years in the future and somehow they've all reproduced so, to a big extent like we're, we're, was it a noah's ark situation were there two of each kind that got out like i don't know I mean, do they need to? I mean, life finds a way, so maybe exactly, they, maybe yeah. they just they don't even need to. I will say that um, that's kind of the idea that this little short had is like this is far in the future, maybe not okay, far in the future, like five or ten years, you know, mm-hmm. and dinosaurs are global now. So who knows how that happens, yeah. or if it's just engine just going full the movie needs to address that though right like or does it or can we just jump 10 years and just be like okay i guess the dinosaurs escaped us for 10 years and have reproduced and now they're all over the place what if they kind of did a a quiet place sort of thing make a singular you know thing don't try to keep the location location tight-knit you don't have to try and explain everything because if you saw fallen kingdom you knew dinosaurs got out you can put Mm -hmm. the pieces together so instead of jurassic world it's jurassic cul-de-sac yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) jurassic (laughs) cul-de-sac works for me works for me and also you had one extra piece of dewey carol let you take this one well i just i had seen that we got to talking about jason bateman and so i asked what you thought of the clue news and so maybe we'll talk about that but jason bateman and ryan reynolds are teaming up to produce a new version of the movie clue um, and I'm really excited. I definitely really care about this. So I was curious to hear your thoughts. I love Clue. Yeah. Both the game and the movie. Uh, have you seen all the endings to the movie? Yes. I haven't seen all of them, I don't think. But you can, uh, just, you can spend a half hour on YouTube and knock that out. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of time. No, it probably doesn't. But, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be fascinating. You know what I think would be really fascinating for them to do? Mm-hmm. A Bandersnatch of Clue. That's the first place I was going. Really? This, this, I was gonna, this movie needs to be Bandersnatched. Bandersnatched. Yeah. Like, it's the perfect, yeah. mo- the perfect property for that idea. And I don't know that they will. I don't know if that's only something that Netflix can... I mean, obviously, any streaming service could probably figure out to do it, how to do it, but Netflix is the only one that's been messing with well, it. Well, maybe Bateman and Ryan Reynolds will produce it for Netflix. I, it's, it's possible. I mean, but Bateman's that was on my Ozark, very, you know. Yeah, that was my very first thought was... Ooh, Bandersnatch. <laughs> ...was this, this movie in its day was the preliminary version of that idea yeah. and that's because the game has you know you're trying to figure out what the ending is colonel mustard in the library with so, a wrench so yeah that was my first thought my second thought is i can't think of two people that i find so likable together you know what i mean like and i don't know that i've seen bateman and reynolds do anything together so i hope they're performing yeah, in this they as did, well um, oh they did they, that body, they switch body movie. swap movie yes they did the body swap movie yeah um but i love both these guys i, I love their sense of humor i find them i just want to hang out with them every every movie ryan reynolds is in i end up liking at least somewhat just because he's in it mm-hmm. uh including hobbs and shaw spoiler alert <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those things. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a curmudgeon lately. That's all right, man. You've got a lawn and you want people off it. I totally understand. <laughs> get uh, off my lawn. That's a great movie. Uh, get off my lawn starring <laughs> yeah. Clint Eastwood. Yes. Get off my lawn. It's not Gran Torino. Do you, know what other, do you know what other news I just heard? This also just broke. No. Okay. Gotta tell me. 
Um, I can't, unless you have anything else to say about Clue, we'll just move on. Uh, Bandersnatch it. Yeah, Bandersnatch yeah. it, make it fun, make it funny. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of a lot of good stuff. No, Clint Eastwood's latest movie about the um, the Richard Jewell movie about the Olympic bombing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I forget, maybe it's called Jewel or something. I can't remember what it's called. They started shooting in June. Started shooting the movie in June. Okay. He's going to get it out by December and make it uh, part of this year's awards uh, season. Wow. <laughs> right? Well, the guy's 90, what, 90? Well, and he is infamous for only doing one take. Like, he he is the most, people say, the most efficient director they work with. Like, he just, he's yeah. like, good enough. That works. That's good. Let's move on. We don't yeah. have to make it perfect. Like, he's the anti-Kubrick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where Kubrick took how many years to do Apocalypse <laughs> right, Now? Right, yeah. yeah. So, that blew my, when I saw that today, that he's going to get that out for award season this year, I was just like... Clint Eastwood, you maniac. Yeah. Well, uh, like I was going to say, you know, when you're that age and you've been doing it as long as he has, you don't need to fiddle around with, oh, how do we do this or this? Let's think of how we can do it. No, this guy's had this planned out from, you know, idea one. He knew exactly how to do this. So, but yeah, the man's a legend. He's a genius. I love him. And he is old. He is very old. He He has lawns he wants you off of. Yes. And uh, I think his son, Scott, should play Wolverine. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out of the... That's my curveball. Nice. S- see what I did there? I see what you did trouble there. Trouble with curve. Yeah. That's I, a Clint I didn't East- have trouble it, with it, that curve. It, it's, it's a Clint Eastwood movie, people. No, I had no trouble with that curve. <laughs> Justin Timberlake did. <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Well, let's get into it. Let's do the 2019 Sif Pop TV Awards. As mentioned, this will be September 1st to September 1st. Uh, new episodes aired uh, during that time. This is one of those things, and we talked about this actually before we started, and it's one of those things where I went into this going, man, I don't watch as much TV as I used to. I wonder if I'll even be able to come up with my top 10 uh, for this past year. You forget how much and TV you, you watch. you forget how much amazing TV we've watched over the last year. And it's like, oh, I guess I still am an in- maniac TV watcher. I think I wrote down 25 shows that I felt like I have to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I think you said you wrote down like 32. 32. And so what we're going to do, because we're only going to do our top 10 shows, and that'll be the category we finish with, by the way, uh, we're going to do for our member uh, post show, uh, for our Sif Pop members, uh, we're going to mention the TV shows that we wanted to make sure we talked about, uh, but didn't have time to talk about on the show. So uh, if you are a Sif Pop member at Patreon, patreon.com slash Sif Pop, uh, that'll be right in your podcast feed for you. Um and uh, you can listen to that. But we will do the top 10 shows. We'll do top five performances. Yep. Uh, top, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll award, we'll each award these four categories. Yeah. Worst show you feel like everybody watched. Best show you feel like nobody watched. Best finish, which is a show that just, that ended over the last year. And best new show, show that started. So show that started, show that ended, um, underrated, overrated is basically what those categories are. Yeah. Uh, So here's how it works. In the first four categories, we'll go back and forth and nominate shows for the category. Mm -hmm. And then we will each pick a winner from those nominees. Now, uh, I have my winners, quote unquote, picked. But if you throw something out there I forgot about, we are absolutely 100% welcome to change our winner pick. Oh, absolutely, yeah. uh, And do it that way. So we'll kick it off with best new show. Question before we even start. Yeah. Miniseries. Are we counting them? I I am. Okay. 
I have them counted. Good, because it was going to really mess up I my list. I think we have to now. I don't know how you don't. Even if you know it's a limited miniseries, even if you know it's only supposed to be one one season, we counted uh, Big Little Lies last year. It was only supposed to be one season. That was a limited miniseries. Well, guess what? It came back for another season. So Thank I God. think anything that a, a television quote-unquote outlet puts out there in serialized form. So... You know, uh, f- just as a for instance, I'll go ahead and do my first nomination yeah. for best new show, uh, Russian Doll. Oh, for, okay. For instance, serialized. There's episodes, um, but it's kind of this contained thing. But it ends in a way that possibly they could make a second season, maybe not. Um, you know that that has to count. I don't know how we don't count miniseries like that yeah. so uh if we run into any kind of controversial ones we can just talk it out but i don't think we will yeah uh well, so yeah my first one is russian doll for best new series well the one that i was going to nominate that's kind of along those lines is chernobyl because yes. you know it's they it's can't, not coming back it's for not a season coming two back for sure chernobyl 2 electric boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that was going to be um you know it's interesting i specifically did not pick chernobyl because you haven't seen it no no i have seen it oh Oh, it's amazing it's incredible it's a great choice i i didn't pick it because i was thinking well that's not a tv show that's you know i just didn't even think about it but in my brain it was more like a movie it's just a really it it just feels like a really long movie it's a five-hour movie yeah exactly (laughs) but no i i think we can absolutely count that yeah so so yes you nominate chernobyl i nominate uh russian doll did you see russian doll i saw two episodes of it i actually couldn't get into it oh man you just quit just too early i know it it was too much like groundhog's day you know oh it's but it it's not it really isn't though so i I should go back and 100 percent. yeah yeah, I, it's it's well worth. I'll add it to the list of thirty-two <laughs> other shows. Well, what's nice about it is it's only a few episodes. You know, it's not like oh really? It. Yeah, there's okay. just I think uh, less than ten. So oh, I think it's, it's I think bad. it's an eight episode thing. Um, but anyways, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So what's your next nomination? My next nomination is Good Omens, uh, the Amazon <sighs> show. That's a really good choice. Um, I you know what this kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare uh i i love the cast uh martin sheen and uh david tennant david tennant is martin sheen it's martin it's it's uh, martin sheen yeah okay is he's in that whole sheen thing you know (laughs) is he is he i get confused because (laughs) starring david tennant and charlie sheen But anyways, just the way this played with the idea, the literal idea of demons and angels, uh, all that kind of stuff was was fabulous. No, it's Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. I knew it wasn't Martin Sheen. It's Martin Mike- Sheen is Charlie's dad. Yes, that's why I kept thinking the guy from West. They have the same name. I no. couldn't like. I apologize. No, it's definitely Michael Sheen. Yeah. Uh, John Hamm is in there. Uh, Francis McDormand, Michael McKean, Nick Offerman. I forgot John Hamm was Gabriel. Yes. Yeah. This show is stacked with its cast and i think the leads are perfectly cast mm-hmm. and if if the show is weak at all i think it's in its uh structure and pacing is a little bit off um but not a lot not a lot i never felt bored really uh and i you know it's it's a little out there but i like where it goes i was left wanting more not like in a in a good way yes mm-hmm. but also like I didn't feel like I got my show's worth for that first season. Right. Does that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What's your uh, second nominee? Love, Death, and Robots. 
Ooh, yeah, a little anthology action on uh, Netflix. Yeah, really I stuck with you, huh? I, I've actually rewatched a couple of them. All last those night. naked robots. Yeah, there were a lot of naked <laughs> robots. I rewatched the first episode. You know where where you know it's. I think it's Sunny's something like Sunny's uh, plan or something like that with yeah. the two aliens that fight. Yeah, and then I rewatched the uh, the shapeshifters one with the yeah. werewolves. That one is really good. I really love the werewolf. I one. I love several of these episodes. Yeah, uh, I think they're really intelligent, and really well done. I think there's only two that I think are just bad has netflix talked about making more of that anthology I show i really hope so i it would really seem hope like so. an easy thing to do i mean animators are going to want on that like crazy oh, so for sure are you yeah. kidding me you just get the writers from black mirror and you get some animators <laughs> that know what they're doing and yeah you'll have an amazing amazing series yeah that's that's not a bad choice at all what you got um this was really hard for me because i've got five other new shows that i think are worth mentioning so to boil it down to three nominees was difficult um i decided to go with something a a little more quote-unquote trashy uh because everything else was kind of prestige like i had kidding jim carrey's show is in there uh homecoming julia roberts uh new show i you know is is good uh even disenchantment which is matt groening's show is oh did i steal your number three i shouldn't have said that no 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 i was gonna say we're gonna be talking about it soon though. okay fair <laughs> yeah. enough fair enough yeah uh you know it's kind of prestige even though you don't you know think of it that way but i yeah. decided to go with the masked singer uh for my number you've three you've gotta be kidding me <laughs> you've got to be kidding me i don't know what it is man like here's here's the thing i ask myself with a lot of these not not totally not overall this is not the only way i make this decision but I ask myself, my DVR is full of all these shows. What am I most excited to throw up on there That's a good, right, yeah. right now? And the crazy insaneness of that show. And not only that, but the production value of that show is actually pretty impressive. Those costumes, the costumes are, are really cool. Amazing. Uh, and I'm so pumped about season two. I just, it's there in, there's a, there's a, a fun aspect of like with my wife and I talking about who could that be? Like, you know, that kind of, yeah. I, there's just so much about this show that makes it a must watch. Like when it's on my DVR that I would be dis, a little dishonest if I wasn't like, Ah, this is. I mean, it's got to be a great. There's got to be something about it that I love. Here's the thing: I hate the chemistry between all of the judges. Mm. I can't stand those judges together. Like when they're by themselves, sure they're fine. But like, just sometimes they say things, and I'm like, I'm, I, I don't want to be with this group. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> huge on the judges on that show. Um, I think uh, Nick Cannon does a fine job hosting. Yeah, I like him. I mean, that's all the guy does. He hosts. Um, I like. Uh, I definitely like. Um, how ridiculous uh, uh, what's his name Ken Jong yeah I, I love how ridiculous he gets yeah uh, with his guesses and he's so sure of himself and he's, he's always so, so wrong, wrong. <laughs> like yeah and sometimes it's obviously wrong sometimes it's like, it's like they could so, never be that person yeah I, I was actually really good at guessing yeah. yeah yeah like the thomas chong one was like the most obvious thing under the I sun thought, i thought the uh who's the football the howie long i i knew howie long from the moment he opened his mouth <laughs> oh really like, and saying i was just like it's yeah it was howie long wasn't it? who it was some football guy i thought I it was was it bradshaw or long it was some somebody that's uh yeah you know does was, it was big ben one of them no 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 i don't think so yeah i remember there being a 
a, a football player in there, and I swear I thought it was Roethlisberger, but it wasn't. But man, to make your best new shows list—that's that's kind of impressive. I couldn't. I you know the the only other choice on there that's kind of in that same category, reality television, is Songland, and I really do like Songland. It's a great new show. But I, I I just I enjoy it almost on a like a calmer level than something like that where I'm just like I gotta watch the new episode you yeah. know so that's that's uh, that's kind of why I ended up going there. My um, final nomination. Yeah, your final nomination. The boys. Yeah, you liked that more than I did. I didn't hate it. I didn't oh, really? hate it, but yeah, but I, I, think, I think you liked this, it more than me. I, I think this is like a uh, uh, what would you call it a. Uh, genre-changing show. I really do think it's shaken up the whole superhero, you know, yeah. cliche that we were come to expect. It's uh, It was Terry Bradshaw's who I was thinking of. I don't remember Terry Bradshaw. It was the deer on uh, Mass. That was Sam. Bradshaw? Yeah. Oh. So... That one was obvious to me. Uh, I I totally agree that it's doing something with superheroes that we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say never. Because Hancock kind of does this a little bit, not to this extreme. Um, But did you know Hancock was written kind of to do it to this extreme? Yeah. yeah, That was Vince Gilligan's original idea was to be a rated R uh, superhero movie. And then they kind of toned it back. But... Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't dig it quite as much as you did. I think it, it, for me, suffers from some consistency issues, but. I think it was from the, uh, how real it felt in the sense that commercializing superheroes is so obvious now. Like, that is exactly what we would do. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if superheroes became a thing, commercializing and monetizing them is the obvious choice that so many people are going to go for. And it's kind of like a, a meta theme for, you know, like how we deal with superheroes now. Like all these big blockbusters, we're just monetizing the superhero ideal, you know? Yep. yep. So, yep. All right. What do we vote for for the 2019 Sifty for best new show? I am adamantly voting for Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Um, I would probably go with Russian Doll for mine, um, but I'm willing for the podcast to say it's Chernobyl for the official Sif Pop. Uh, and actually, we don't have to do that for every category. We yeah. can each have our own. That's fine. Um, so there you go. There's our best new show. Ready to move on to uh, best finish, best show that it ended. Okay, so I I did this one differently. I looked at it from the series as a whole, not the final season. What do you mean the series as a whole, not like, the final season? Like, I, I'm confused. You, okay, so I'll just throw out my first one. Sure. Game of Thrones. Hated this last season, but, you know, it ended. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. No, no, no. That's fair. That's completely fair. I think that's how you should okay. look at it. Um, especially in this category. Now, when we talk about best show of 2019, that's yeah. a little bit different math. <laughs> exactly. Right? The math there is a little bit different. But as far as the best show that ended, mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right to nominate Game of Thrones yeah. uh, for that, even though the last season came up a little bit wanting, as the case may be. <laughs> a little bit. That's very kind of you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw out uh, American Vandals. Um, oh, yeah. and it was, a, I didn't know that it ended. I thought they were going to get another season. No, they canceled it. So we are done with American Vandals, at least for the time being. That show's uh, so great. It's just two seasons of genius. That's, that's all it is. I mean, you know, they get to leave on a high note knowing that they nailed two seasons. Yeah. 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 Season quote unquote number two 
yeah. of American Vandal is really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, so that's my nomination for best finishing show. One of them. What else you got? Uh, thanks to you, I'm going to throw out Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what do you mean thanks? Oh, because we talked about it before. Yeah, this. you were having tr- this trouble coming thinking up. One, thinking of one more. <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, yeah. I, the only reason why I'm hesitant to say is because I actually haven't seen this last season. But if I'm looking at it from the series as a whole, I've seen all the other seasons. If it's like Game of Thrones and doesn't stick the landing and doesn't it's take away still... from how great those other seasons are. I don't think it's as big of a miss as uh, Game of Thrones. It wasn't my favorite season of Orange is the New Black. Um, I think they just had too much to do in too little time. To ra- I mean, it's think a giant of, cast. Think of how many characters are you know? It's kind of similar to Game of Thrones in that way. It actually it actually suffers from a lot of the same things. Just rushing through these story arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, there are still some really cool emotional moments in it, um, and I do like what they did with some of the story arcs. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the the final season uh, of Orange Is the New Black. Nice. Seven seasons that show went. Is that right? Close. So, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, my next nomination is Legion. Mm. I haven't finished. Like I got like five episodes left. Ooh. I then this is a show, you, and I think you know this. I wasn't sure I even liked in the first season. It was so confusing to me, uh, and I just didn't understand it. But once I kind of locked in to the the universe they were making and what they were doing, yeah, I really like it. I really love the performances, and I really love where they decided to take the mythology of it and the different things that they do. And there is no show on TV that is more without borders of creativity. This show does crazy things. Uh, artistically that no yeah. other show is doing on television or has done so I, I, I go with you on that one it is out there yeah and I loved it for the fact that it's out there I think besides the boys you know I think that it really shook up the whole cliche on the genre in different ways obviously but uh, going on a show that did not uh, stray from the uh, the formula for superheroes I'm going to go with the final season of Daredevil oh yeah did you watch the final season I did not I've heard it's good. It's my favorite season. Uh, and if I go through, like, looking back, I'm like, man, Daredevil was an amazing show. It's a good show. It really is. Yeah, I think no, that's that, a good choice. I think that, and, and maybe it's just the way that they wrapped it all up. It felt so perfect. Like, yeah, they could have continued. They did set it up for more seasons. But where it ended and how it ended, I am totally okay with. I mean, uh, Charlie Cox, who plays Matt Murdock, is just so good, and uh, Deborah Ann Wall, and uh, I just love that cast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, and of course, Vincent D'Onofrio just killing it in that role. Yeah. I love Daredevil. So, you have one more nomination? I do. My final nominee is Crashing, uh, Pete Holmes' show on HBO. I really enjoyed uh, quite a bit so in it's almost one of those shows that probably could have fit under our next category yeah uh, which is you know best show you feel like nobody watched because i don't feel like a lot of people watched it i and i just get that sense because i don't hear a lot of people talking about it yeah um but i dig pete holmes i like that he is uh has found a way to explore what he believes found a way to explore how he sees the world in such a, an authentic and often hilarious way. Um, there's, there's a moment on this in this final season where he has, I'm going to say a 10 to 12 minute conversation with Penn Jillette 
on atheism versus faith and different things that is just some of the best TV I've ever seen. It's just two people sitting in a booth talking. And it's just like, it's one of those things where I'm just zoned in and listening to how these guys think. So Now, this is his actual series, not his talking head show, right? Correct. Okay, because he has both. Yeah. he Well, he does. I know he had a oh, talk maybe, show maybe for a while. Canceled, right? His was... talk show got canceled a while back. Okay, but I know Crashing, everybody praises it, especially yeah. you. I, I really enjoy yeah. it. Uh, I, I enjoy him. I enjoy the things he has to say. Um, I enjoy his podcast as well. Um, so You Made It Weird, I think is the name of that podcast. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. So, that would be my other show that ended. Uh, and it's kind of, it's mostly based on his life story with a little bit of tweaking here or there. And so, that's fascinating about it, too. Yeah. So, there you go. There are nominees for Best Finish. Very nice. Uh, so, what would you pick? What is your winner? Uh, I'm Just because of how... such of a phenom this show was and what it meant to society i'm just gonna say game of thrones but um if we're gonna be voting on just how good the last season was i can't vote for it i would vote for uh what not crack what was your other nomination american vandals or legion were my other maybe maybe american vandal yeah yeah i would probably i i think i agree 100 percent with you if we're going on overall show, I think we have to say Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, if we're going on just this, just how it stuck the landing, mm-hmm. uh, I think we go American Vandals. So uh, I agree. So officially the sifty goes to Game of Thrones because we have decided that in this category, it is about the overall quality of the show that's coming to an end. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next category. This is best show you feel like nobody is watching. I'm actually really excited about this category. Yeah, I don't know why, but I feel like I get to introduce something to some people who haven't, you know, found. Sure, something. why not? Um, yeah. Want me to kick it off this time, please? Brockmire. Uh, oh yeah. This is uh, Harry Shear um, doing typical baseball announcer speak uh, and then applying it to his everyday life. It is hilarious. It is heartfelt. Uh, it's interesting. Um, so, what network is this on? Is it Showtime? Or? No, this is probably why nobody's watching it. Oh, IFC. It's on IFC. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in this beautiful world, I'm sure you can find a way to watch Brockmire. Yeah. Uh, it is if you can. It is worth your time. Uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed. In fact, I I binged uh, all of the seasons. I think there's three seasons and i binged it within a couple weeks it's it's pretty it's a pretty breezy watch um and a lot of fun so that's my first nominee very cool uh i'm gonna go with the act oh yeah on hulu right yep uh, patricia arquette um true story uh t- took place a couple block or a, <laughs> a couple minutes from here you know yeah and it's such a Shocking. Took place here in the basement down yeah, here. Yeah, it bunker. was down here in the bunker. Yeah, I mean, you really got to get a handle of what's going on down here, man. I don't mean to tell you how to live your life, but when there's murder going on, you need to step on that. But no, I think that Patricia Arquette delivers a stellar performance. Um, it's a crazy short, uh, story about Munchausen by proxy, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a very very popular plot theme this year in television. Is it? Well, yeah. What was the uh, the other one that was on uh, that's slipping my mind with Amy Adams, right? Um, oh, uh, uh, something about cutting, right? Short or s- uh, slice or something like that. <laughs> I'll look it up. You keep talking about uh, Patricia Arquette. 
Uh, yeah, but uh, the story's fascinating. I really want to find out the the name of the young girl who is also in that show. It's uh, uh, Patricia Arquette and uh, Joey King, and they're playing uh, the Blanchard family. Very like, nice. Sharp objects, by Sharp the way. objects. See, yeah. cutting, you know, slicing yeah, no, sharp. you were right. You were dead I, on. I was on there. I was on that path. But uh, no, this show is fascinating, and I think the performances are stellar, and each episode just makes you want to watch the next one. Very nice. Yep. Um, I think it's appropriate that so far neither of us watched the shows that the other one is talking about. I wonder if that'll go for all three. No. No? I know it won't. Uh, My next nominee is Room 104. I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Room 104 uh, just started its third season, I think. Um, but this would be the for the second season that happened last year. And this is, uh, man, it's not my favorite anthology show, but that's only because we live in a world with Black Mirror. Sure. Um, but it is, it is, I find it a very interesting anthology, anthology show because I feel like it is a broader anthology show than any other anthology show that's ever been done. Like it doesn't like the, that's the, interesting considering it all takes place in one room. Well, the, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. But the location is the only thing that has to be the same. And so like with black mirror, everything's about technology. It all has to be about technology, right? Yeah. And probably about dystopian idea of technology with twilight zone. It all has to be creepy. It all has to be, you know, a twist that, you know, scares you or, or something. Yeah. With love different robots. The robots have to have sex. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. But this can be anything, <laughs> genre, era. Uh, they did something really smart uh, with the season premiere of this season. Uh, and I guess I, and it's not really a spoiler. I mean, it's right from the first second. You kind of know. But it takes place during the construction of the hotel. So it's going to be obviously the very earliest story ever told huh. in this universe but the hotel isn't even there it's just roped off so there yeah. it's all but it all takes place in the room <laughs> that's you know roped off so like they're just so smart and i just i love what they're doing with this show and it's just i don't know it's I, like with a lot of anthology shows it is hit and miss there's some episodes i'm like well that was an episode uh yeah. but there are other episodes where i'm like that was amazing <laughs> so you know it's it's just that's the beauty of anthology is you can get either thing and it's always something new every week so room 104 is uh my next show that i feel like not enough people are watching nice this is the show i know you watch because you and i absolutely adore this show oh good future man yeah i don't think enough people watch this show it doesn't feel like it that's who yeah. right mm-hmm. you got josh hutcherson and uh eliza coop and Derek wilson is wolf yeah as he's might be one of my favorite characters on tv he is just so funny, and the story arcs that he goes on is how ridiculous they are. Like, was it uh, the James Cameron house? Yes. With, with the um, with the kind of female version of uh, Hal Nine Thousand. You yeah. know, it was. I absolutely love how just unabashedly and unapologetically ridiculous this show can get. Yeah. Well, at the same stuff. time, making you love and care about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, good choice. Good choice, for sure. Uh, My final one is a show I think you've watched but hated, um, but don't watch anymore, and is also done. Uh, No, it's The OA. 
Oh yeah, I hate that show. Uh, I he, Succession <laughs> wouldn't be under one nobody. I feel like everybody's watching Succession. Really? Uh, yeah, it's it seems to be in the cultural consciousness a lot at least. Okay. Uh, but the OA not so much, and I totally get it. I understand. You don't have to tell me, <laughs> but I'm just telling you. I think it's amazing, and uh, I wish more people. I wish this is just a selfish me wanting more people to talk about it with. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, but it's gone and it's over. Uh, so yeah, that's Sad. my last nominee. What's yours? Well, maybe it's over. You know, you had you. There's, there's that whole theory. Thing, there's that whole theory. I have a theory, but yeah. I don't think my theory is correct. Nice. All right, my final nomination, and I might be cheating on this one because there's a really strong cult following to the show, but for mainstream, mm, I don't think that. Okay. That's Letter Kenny. No, I think that's a, a great choice. Yeah, easily. I'll just say it right now. Hands down, it's the funniest show on TV or any sh- like watchable thing. And where where do you watch it? Hulu. Yeah. You can watch it. It's a Crave original, and if you haven't heard of Crave, <laughs> that's because uh, not a lot of people have. It's a Canadian show, but like I said, it's the funniest show on TV. So very nice. I can't not nominate it. Uh, I am going to award my sifty to Room One Hundred Four. Nice. I think Room One Hundred Room One Hundred Four is the best show that uh, not a lot of people are watching. What about you? Oh, I thought we were going to agree on Future Man because it's the only show we both saw. But <laughs> well, will... if we were going to agree on something, it would, <laughs> yeah. uh, by definition, have to be Future Man. Exactly. <laughs> but if I don't have to do that, then I'm definitely going to give that award to Letter Kenny. Very nice. Uh, so a sifty for Letter Kenny and a sifty for Room One Hundred Four <laughs> for best shows that nobody is watching. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the only negative category in our sifties. We try to only do one negative category. Yeah. Uh, and and somehow for some people it's their favorite part of the show. <laughs> some people like to hear us tear things down. Oh yeah. Uh, let's talk about the worst show you feel like everybody's watching and yeah. you just don't get it. Why is everybody watching this show? Uh, you start this time. I know this is on your list. Modern you d- Modern Family. You know, it's, it is a great choice. Uh, I actually put something else on my list instead of it. I swapped something out uh, just for you. Uh, really? So, yes. Just Was just, it the OA? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, <clears throat> the show was so good in its first, like, what, four or so five yeah. seasons? Yeah, it's really bad now. I, I mean, think I gave it my sifty in this category last year. Yeah. I think I think it's it's been bad for two or three years now. Yeah. And uh, I still think a lot of people are watching it. So oh, it's everybody's still watching it. Yeah, I know my mom talks about it all the time, and I'm like, you still watch that show? It's crazy. <laughs> people are creatures of habit. It's true. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I still true. watch that show, even though I like, and I'm not even necessarily hate watching it. It's just light and breezy, and I can throw it on and. And maybe they'll say something funny. That's another thing we should probably mention is the fact that you kind of technically have to still watch this yep. show because... Or at least have watched enough of it yeah. that you know it's bad. Yeah. Otherwise, you're speaking of ignorance, which it's never stopped anybody in this current culture before. I but. mean, <laughs> that's what this entire side of the table is founded upon, really. Speaking in ignorance? Yes. Uh, my first With, no- with vigor. With vigor, in- that's right. <laughs> I know nothing, but I am positive. Uh, I will tell you what I swapped Modern Family out with just for you, and that's American Gods. Uh, <laughs> although to be fair i don't know that a lot of people are watching American i don't think Gods. a lot of people are watching it um but what's interesting to me about this show 
is that in this is why I swapped it in just so I could talk about this is it's really the it's almost the same feel and it's the same people for the most part as um bad omens right or uh, good, good omens. omens good omens yeah it's Neil um, Gaiman and and so it's one of those things where why does it work here for me but it doesn't work here for me and I I can't completely put my finger on it but man do i hate this show well, tonally they're so different i you think know, it's it it's got to be the tone it's got to be the fact that michael sheen and david Tennant <laughs> are just so lovable right that you can't that you also that we we said we forgave you know the shortcomings in the story right and maybe that's what you just can't get around because you can't really just love a specific character when it comes to American Could gods. Be. It's also, I think, the environment that it's based on is a literal interpretation of the Christian Bible's explanation of angels and demons and those kind of things. Yeah. And that is a world I come from. That's a world I know very well, whereas American gods is a lot more abstract and metaphorical about modern gods versus the older gods and some of that stuff is still there but i don't think it lands as well for me and maybe that's that's part of it as as well so okay. so yeah anyways i threw that in there just to <laughs> well thanks buddy just to just to give you a little get a little reaction out of you yeah. what are you nominating next the blacklist oh man spader no i haven't the, watched no that one... in Four years, I think. Really? Oh, yeah. I remember your um. You did a uh, Aaron says goodbye or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. What was that segment called? It was called something. Uh, Aaron drops a show or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, when I have a show that I've watched for a while, um, Aaron dumps a show. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like the show is my uh, my significant other. Yeah. And I'm writing them a dear John letter. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I should do a, another one of those. Uh, I have a show that I could do it with. Uh, coming up but uh but yeah but uh yeah I, I definitely got rid of the blacklist I, I i stuck around with it way longer than i should have he because of james spader right like it's he's the only the, reason he's the best yeah he's the best he's just in a really bad show yeah and he is like his character is still fascinating you know you you love that character because just the show has nowhere to go it just it just ran out of places to be interesting yeah they what they did is they I got to think of a better way to... No, I don't care. They blew their load too early with, you know, the whole, oh, oh there's a secret inside the government sort of thing. Yeah. You know, if they could have led up to that. Like, a good example I always go to is The Mentalist. You know, that you had Red John, and you had Red John for so many seasons, you know, that kept it going. Right. They didn't kill off Red John in season one, you know. And I think what procedurals have forgotten is that they are television shows and not movies and that they can they don't have to have the overarching you know like X-Files is really the first show that started this idea of two different kinds of episodes right monster of the week and mythology yeah and now so many procedural shows feel like they have to have the mythology shows too that are overarching it's like look if the blacklist literally was about a number on the blacklist every week and just a different villain that they were trying to capture. Yeah. It could st it could still be fun. You That's what the first couple seasons were. Right, yeah. And so I think they just it just I don't know, it's a boredom thing or whatever, but yeah. But yeah, I'm no I'm with you. That's a pretty bad show. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm dipping into reality television for my next one with uh, America's Got Talent. Um 
Oh, yeah. Here's what's interesting. That's a show. Here's what's interesting about America's Got Talent. Sorry, Seacrest. <laughs> well, it's now uh, Terry Crews. Terry Crews hosts it. Well, I think uh, Seacrest is back for some show he used to do. Uh, well, on a, he's. I mean, they brought back American, American Idol. Idol. Yeah. yeah. So America's Got Talent. Here's here's the thing about it. Every once in a while, there will be a really amazing, uh, talented person do something incredible and wonderful, and it'll go viral on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, this show consists uh, 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 on judges that just think everything is the greatest thing they've ever seen. Uh, and it, it could just be a dog act that I've seen a million times before. But Howie Mandel is like, I've never seen anybody do that before. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where I just, 90% of this show is filler and bad stuff. And then 10% of it's amazing. And it's just like, yeah. can I just have the YouTube version where it's just the amazing 10%? Of, That's uh, the only way I consume the show. That's how I watched Cody Lee. You know, I just yeah. watched all of his stuff. Yeah. Um, or Shin Lim, you know. Right, exactly. Which I knew Shin Lim from... Uh, Penn and Teller fool us yeah. originally. Well, in in uh, Piff um, was Piff. also Piff was Piff also was great on uh, Penn and Teller fool us yeah. first uh, before is on America's Got Talent or Tape so. Face. You know, yeah. I just watched Tape Face. Tape Face is great. Yeah, yeah, but, but I don't just... want to watch an hour of you know okay stuff to get to you know. Well, then you a have tape to face. listen to the judges say nonsense stuff after every single act, and it's just like it's just a bad show. I also, and I think you touched on this, but I want to expand on it a little bit. I hate the fact that the backstory of the person is really what is drawing the judges and not the actual talent. Sure. You know, the SOP story is what is going to, you know, get them to push their buzzer. Yeah. It could be uh, somebody who has a okay singing voice, but if they don't have any legs or and arms, you know, and they just you know bring him out on stage you're like oh you're so brave or something like that you know like yeah but you don't need legs and arms to sing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i for me i also find the show's reliance on children and on singers to be a little annoying and what I mean by that is those are two things singers have an upper hand because they actually say words that have messages that can touch people's hearts that's yeah. different than a magician now you can do meaningful things with magic tricks like you can but you know sometimes it's just about the amazement of the trick um whereas a singer it can be about the amazement of the note but the note almost always goes in hand in hand with the emotion of the song mm -hmm. and so singers have an unfair advantage i feel like kids have an unfair advantage because we love kids um uh, so you know it's well i mean most people andrew yeah. <laughs> again this side of the table vigor and vinegar that's what's going to be this what i'm going to call this side of the table Vin vigor and vinegar <laughs> nice uh do you have one more oh yeah we're doing a show aren't we uh i'm gonna go with the big bang theory okay um i watched a lot of this show but i just i can't watch it anymore this these people got annoying uh this is the show that uh a billion dollars <laughs> yeah that just got a billion dollars and is my prime example of why i hate laugh track shows i just it's uh, oh yeah you do it's, it's not just that they pipe in laughter after lines that are funny they pipe in laughter after lines that don't even mean anything like it's just it's as if somebody you know can do anything and the entire audience is going to lose their mind in laughter it's just so 
fake. Uh, and I just can't get over it. So. I wonder how short episodes would be if they cut out all the laugh track, you know, because the, <laughs> Extremely. the, the cast have to take, you know, a pause break, you know. Extremely short. I will say, though, uh, it did have one of the funniest episodes of any show ever, and that was the uh, James Earl Jones episode. Okay. I love that. I've never but watched that was it. A, but that was a long time ago. I mean, I haven't watched it consistently. I've seen an episode or two. Four shizzles. All right. Uh, I think I have one more nominee, right? Yeah. What you got? Uh, this is a show that I just stopped watching this past year because I just got fed up with it. Uh, and I know a lot of people still love this show and I know a ton of people watch this show yeah. and it is the voice. Uh, <laughs> I, this show is, it just got to the point where I got so annoyed that the show doesn't follow its own premise that I just, I couldn't watch it anymore. I wasn't connecting to any of the, the singers, um, they're talented. The people they choose are talented people, yeah. but the show has become so much about the coaches, like who's to who's picking them. What's, you know, who's on whose team, you know, uh, Adam versus Blake and blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like, what about the actual <clears throat> singers, you know? Yeah. Why? And that's what happens when you make it kind of a, a coach and a team kind of thing. And I, I still enjoyed last season. I enjoyed the blind auditions. I think that's the strongest part of the show. That's all I watch. That's and it. and it's and for me, it's the only part I enjoy. After that, it just becomes a bunch of noise. Yeah. Um, and I just I can't really stand it. I'm so one hundred percent right there with you. I only watch blind auditions, and then I quit the show. Uh, uh, which, by the way, it just started back this week. Yeah, yeah, it's back on TV. Yeah, good singers. Uh, I, I, singers. I still believe, I think I've said this on this podcast, maybe more than once, if they had stuck to their premise of it's the voice that matters. And you never and see you the person. you never see the person perform. You never see their face. You never see them on stage. Yeah. It's the voice that matters until they're eliminated. And then when they're eliminated, they walk out and yeah. then, or they win and they walk out. Yeah. To me, you can make that show. I know you don't think you can. It's called the mat. I, well, you're your masked mask singer. singer. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but you can make it with actual amazing singers. Yeah. Um, and without the costumes, it would just be a silhouette. You know, yeah. Or you would be watching the reactions of the audience, the reactions mm-hmm. of the coaches and, and those kind of things. I think you could do it. Um, so, but anyways, that's just, uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, but it is our final nominee. So mm-hmm. what is your, uh, Sifty? Who do you give it? I'm going to actually agree with you on one if you'll choose it. And that's America's Got Talent. All right, let's do it. Uh, the worst show that everybody's watching is America's Got Talent. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. On your safety. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the big ones. Yeah. Uh, before we do, however, I will remind you that uh, you can be a member of Sif Pop. We talked about we'll be doing the member uh, members only post show talking about other TV shows that we didn't get a chance to mention in the main show. Um, if you are curious about listening to that, if you're curious about what other kind of fun perks we have for our members, uh, or if maybe you just love what goes on here at Sif Pop and at SifPop.com, and you want to be a part of making it happen and supporting it. All that happens at Patreon. Patreon.com slash SiftPop is where you go and support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, and there's different perks for each of the levels. And we thank you so much uh, for your support uh, there. So thank you for that. All right, let's move on to performances. We're going to do our top five performances. As with all Sift Pop Awards, movies and television, we do not distinguish by gender. Um, it can be either male or female. Uh, or non-binary or whatever. Uh, it's just the best performances of 2019 in 
Television. So let's start with, did you rank yours number five to number one? Mm-hmm. All right, let's start with number five, and I'll let you go first. Laura Dern, Big Little Lies. Uh, I did Renata. not have her in my top five, but I almost, almost did. She's she so good. She stepped it up this yeah, year for the so show. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah, because her character really goes through some stuff. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is, I think it was two years ago, whenever the first uh, season of Big Little Lies came out, I gave pretty much all of my uh, best performances to the cast of Big Little Lies. And spoilers, <laughs> this year's kind of no different. But I'm, I'm kicking, it, kicking it off with Renata for uh, Laura, Laura Dern's character, Renata, because nice. just she goes through hell this season and you just feel so much for this character she she does great uh i am kicking it off by the way i love the fact and this is not intentional i just we're just picking our you know favorite performances of the year but i love the fact that most of our picks are women uh i only have one guy i only have one guy too i bet it's it's the same guy no no it's probably not actually no i know it's it's not not. it's not the same guy yeah uh but my number five is Kristen bell from the good place uh man i love that show i love her in that show i think it, it she makes it look too easy like you don't, you can't even. You, you're not apt to think of it as a great performance because mm-hmm. it just feels so perfect. But what she's doing is not easy. She's playing on different levels of what she knows, what she doesn't know. Uh, the idea that you know, uh, at some points, she has to completely erase parts of her memory and play the character differently. Like it's it's fascinating what she's done in that show, and I think she deserves some recognition. Yeah. So that's uh, my number five. Is the the guy the one guy in your in your list? Is he also from that show? No, he's not. Okay. I do love Cheedy though. Oh, I was gonna say Ted. Oh yeah, Ted, yeah, Ted. yeah. Well, Ted's always great. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. Yeah, I, I am so sad that this uh, next season is the last season. Yeah. Oh, I, I never told you that I picked up the show and I'm so, or re picked up the show after the first season. Oh, you hadn't I'm, watched it. Yeah, well, because I was really upset that they kind of like, oh man, you you let it slip, you know, on, in the first season, mm-hmm. but. Then I started watching it again. I'm like, oh, they they had a plan all along. Yeah, they did. And that show is just so fun. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Uh, My number four. Number four. I'm going to go with Patricia Arquette in the act. Nice. I mean, she is just killing it. I mean, you feel for this person because you know mentally they're not there. But at the same time, what they're doing is so horrifying. And she is just nailing it. She's so good. Very nice. My number four yep. uh, is also Patricia Arquette from Escape at Danamora. Uh, <laughs> I think it says something incredible about her that she had two such incredible performances in the same year. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you ever get around to seeing Escape at Danamora? No. Man, but I've, I've seen, like, you know, the trailers and stuff like oh, that. Oh, it's so good. Um, and she is so good in it. And I had had to mention her performance there. So That's crazy that well, we both had She had quite a year, her. man. Yeah. And so we, we both had her at number four. Yep. That's, a, that's awesome. What's your number three? This is where I got my dude. I have Anthony Starr from The Boys. He plays Homelander. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I would. Know, I don't think I'd ever pick that. I feel like he's just kind of everything's right there on the surface. Oh, man. I think there's so much. You might be right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not denying it. Now, I think that Carl Urban's character is just, I, a lot of people will say, why didn't you pick him? I think he's too much of a character or mm. a caricature of like what that person should be like, you know? Whereas I think that Homelander has so many levels of why he is the way he is. Mm. Like, that is so much like what a Superman would actually be like if you were a god and you could not be hurt at all 
would you be the savior or would you have that in the back of your mind? I can do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, and I think that Anthony just, you can see, I, I feel anyway, you can see so much in his face, like so many subtle things that there's so much going on behind those eyes. Okay. Very nice. Yep. My number three is Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag. Um, Man, I love that show. It's, it's pretty incredible work, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and she's great in it. She's navigating some really interesting uh, stuff, psychological stuff with that character that yeah. I, at, at points you think, oh, this is just a jokey, light character. And, and then, then it gets real. Then it gets very real. And and she navigates it so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a phenomenal performance. So nice. that's my number three. Two. Number two. Meryl Streep. Big nice. Little Eyes. Man, I mean... Talk about bringing in the big guns to hang out with Nicole right? Kidman, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, uh, Nicole Kidman, you gave one of the greatest performances ever in the first season of Big Little Lies. Uh, how can we have you try and top that? Well, it gives give you some competition with who is considered the greatest working actor in history. <laughs> so, yeah, but man... Streep playing Skarsgård's mother in this season and just the damage you see, but also... Oh, yeah, she's so great. Yeah, she's so good. Absolutely love her. I, it's just that she acts on a whole n- another level of embodying a character that I, I, actors, the great actors can do this, but I'm just always blown away by her mannerisms, her, you know, the way she moves, the way she, you know, uh, puts her necklace in her mouth, the way, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just, just choices that she makes that you're just like, yeah, that's that character, and it works perfectly. Uh, my number two is my dude, uh, Bill Hader uh, from oh, Barry. Barry. <laughs> uh, comes in at number two for me. Um, color me shocked that Bill Hader has turned into an incredible dramatic actor. But what's really brilliant about this performance for me, much like the Phoebe Waller-Bridge performance, is there elements of over-the-top comedy to this show that he has to balance with the authenticity of darker moments of the show. And yeah. somehow he walks that line. And he walks it really, really well. So I had to give him some props for that. I need to pick that show back up. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's keeps getting better. Too many too. people say that it, it's good for me to think. My problem was I just knew Bill Hader from so many different things before that. Sure. Then uh, picturing him as a hitman, just it just is too jarring, you know. But I got to give him credit because he's great. He's yeah. good in everything he does. He certainly is. Number one. Number one. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. She did it again. She did it again. <laughs> like, um, I don't think her performance, maybe because I had there was a bar set by her by the season one, but I don't think she lived up to that just because it was so impactful to see somebody go through that. And I guess what she's going through in this season isn't as traumatic, I guess you could say. So it's not as like the stakes aren't as high for that character. But her performance is still on that level of just incredibleness. Uh, I think she's really good. I did not think she was as good as season one. Yeah. Uh, and so that's not that's why she's not on my list this year. But she does give a great performance. I kind of felt very similar about actually everybody in that show other than Laura Dern is that everybody came back and gave it their best. Yeah. But it wasn't quite up to the level of season one. And let's just keep talking about 
Big Little Lies, because Meryl Streep is my number one. Okay. Uh, her performance in Big Little Lies um, just blew me away. And we've already talked about it a little bit. So let me ask you this question, because I don't know that we've really talked about it too much. How did you feel about season two compared to season one? I think I've already kind of given away that I didn't like it quite as much. I felt, you know, it didn't really land for me the way season one did. But Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, just for the simple fact that season one and this, the subject matter is so powerful and gripping um and and more it's more direct the story is more feels more directive and complete and going somewhere in season two it just felt like there was a mystery element to season one Uh, unless you read the book you know like Mm -hmm. oh who's gonna die who's gonna be dead at the you don't know if it's gonna be any of them or anything like that but uh yeah, but that's, again, not to take away from season two, but the problem is season one is all about itself, while season two is about the ramifications of season one. It's not trying to be its right. own season. Right. You know, it's yeah. all about, let's talk about season one. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. And, you know, just that cast, we didn't even talk about Reese Witherspoon or Shailene Woodley right. or um, Zoe uh, Kravitz. Kravitz, you know? yeah. Great. Yeah, all great. But there's just something about how special season one was. I totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There's our top five performances. Uh, I for guess we would th- give the award to Streep <laughs> if we if we were doing it that way. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's true. And we and we will do this for the top TV show. We will come to an agreement on the Sifty for this the Sif Pop top TV show of the year. And since it's fairly easy, let's go ahead and do that. Meryl Streep, congratulations on your uh, your Sif Pop Sifty. You get a triple uh, flat. For Big Little Lies. Uh, and there are our lists. All right, let's talk about our top 10 TV shows. Uh, again, this was from a list of 25 excellent shows that I watched this last year. And a list of 32 excellent shows that uh, oh, Andrew watched this I year. I guess technically 42. 42? Yeah, because I didn't count oh, the Oh, 32 top. others? Yeah. Man, you really had a list. I really had a list. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. Gonna, our, our members only show is going to be five hours long. While yeah, Andrew it's going to be longer a... than the actual <laughs> list. <laughs> All right, let's go from number 10 to number one. I think you started last time, so I can start this time. Yeah. Uh, in it, number 10 for me is Russian Doll. Um, <laughs> I... And it had to beat out again a bunch of shows I really like, but yeah. uh, the impact of that show and kind of where it went by the end, uh, I found not only beautiful and not only moving, but I found it interesting. And I love when a show can do all those things together. So it, it built a world that I am really excited to go back to. So I hope they do another season. Um, but I really dug Russian Doll. Very nice. Oh, it's your number 10. I'm going to go with Daredevil. Just the way that that season ended and wrapped everything up. It's emotionally powerful. It's uh, it's just beautiful. Charlie Cox is amazing. And I, I know they probably won't, but if Feige found a way to cast him as Daredevil, if they ever were to bring that character back, mm-hmm. he's just so good. Very nice. Yep. Uh, number nine is where I have the good place. Okay. Um, I uh, will always... I didn't say this, but I can pretty much guarantee I will always have a couple sitcoms on my list. I just I really enjoy uh, kicking back and laughing and smiling and, you know, watching these things. And right now, Good Place is one of the best out there. And so it is one of two. Yeah, two. It's one of two uh, network shows that made my top 10. And they're both sitcoms. Very cool. um, So, yeah. So Good Place is my good place <laughs> what do you got at number nine 
Good omens. Oh, the goods. They just continue. Yeah. Are we trumping or anything like that? No, 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 no. Okay, no. We're yeah. just going. That's what I figured. We're just going up our list. I was like, if you had, I don't know if you, if you had good omens higher up on your list. I have it at negative three. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm, cool. No. Uh, we've <laughs> talked about, yeah, that cast is just the Michael Sheen and Tennant working off of each other. Is There's just the perfect pairing. Mm-hmm. And they both play their respective roles perfectly. I think Michael Sheen plays his role a little bit more perfectly he's just so innocent really that it's just he's an angel yeah (laughs) no i agree with you actually uh i think he is actually the better uh fit for character they're both fine yeah but he's the better fit but i like david Tennant more i just enjoy watching him more yeah uh so but again i like watching them both a lot that's what makes the show uh very very good i'm glad you had it in your top 10 uh your number eight my number eight is maniac do you remember Maniac? It's the first one on my... Uh, also ran? Also. Nice. Uh, I didn't remember you liking it as much as I did. No, and I it, love Maniac. I thought Maniac was great. And yeah. I don't... I think they're talking about making a season two that is almost anthology, like completely diff in the same universe, hmm. but completely different actors and that kind of stuff. Like possibly like a second group that went through this whole thing. Right. Yeah. Something like that. But man, the world building in this show just, I loved it. And I loved what it meant. I loved how it was kind of metaphorical at times. I love the performances in it. Uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone kills it. I'm team Emma Stone for life. She's yeah. great. Jonah Hill's great in it. Uh, Sally Field. I love Sally Field so much. And she's in this. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I would really dug Maniac. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm glad you remembered it because if you didn't, I was definitely going to mention it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote down every single show that's ever been created. <laughs> uh, my number eight's Cobra Kai. Yeah. Season two, man. I mean, I was afraid that season one was just going to be a fluke and that they weren't going to be able to live up to it. But season two is really good. It's good. No, it's really good. I dig season one more. I dig the season finale of season two like almost is my favorite episode even of this like the season two finale is really good yeah uh but um but overall i think i like the consistency of season one a little bit better uh, i think you mentioned this whenever it first came out i like the fact it doesn't always end in the san bernardino valley right. tournament you yeah know? yeah no it's it's really cool so no good choice number seven you're knocking some off my list which is nice hey uh, I don't have to talk about them in the in the other show. Yeah, I'll start knocking these off. Uh, my what num- was your number ten again, real quick? Russian Doll. Okay, yeah. So Russian Doll, good list. place, Maniac, and in at number seven mm-hmm. this year for me is Doctor Who. Um, it's almost always going to be in my top ten. I just dig that world so much. Um, and I just think it's continues to be great and I continue to love every episode as far as DVR, DVR factor goes, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier. If I have an episode of doctor who on my DVR, I want to be there immediately Yeah, because it's so much fun. So you don't watch though, do you? Yeah, I do. Well, oh, okay. I haven't seen this newest season with okay. the new doctor. So, yep. What do you think of her? Is she good? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Jodie Whittaker uh, is incredible in this. She's also um, incredible in... uh, What's the other show that just uh, finished up? Uh, The other show with David Tennant. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in that, too. Uh, Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it's just slipping my brain. Yeah. Um, But anyhow, yeah, I love love her. I love the show. I love where it decides to go. Doctor Mm -hmm. Who's always going to be on my list. So, there you go. My number seven, Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, I think that David Harbour is just killing it this year. 
the never-ending story sequence of the final <laughs> episode is probably my favorite moment of the entire series. Just of out of out of nowhere and lovable. It it's is. incredible how much uh, this show season three. Yeah, uh, managed to bring me right back to the love I had for the show in season one because I lost a little bit of it in season two. It just kind of Tim and Dogs didn't kind of have the yeah. same. Yeah, it wandered a little bit for me, but season three I really dig. Um, yeah, we did a whole episode I think on uh, Stranger Things season three. So yeah, you sure can search did. that out. It's good uh, stuff. Your number six. Number six is where I have Fleabag. Mm. Uh, love the show. We've already talked mm. about it a little bit. Uh, it's basically like watching a movie. <laughs> it's you know, it's just it's just over two and a half hours long. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 pretty. I should say the season is just over two and a half hours long. But there's only two seasons, three seasons, two seasons so far. Two seasons. I don't think they're doing anymore. Oh, I could, I could be wrong. But anyways, it's just it's fabulously psychological stuff that is also funny and interesting. And again, Phoebe Waller Bridge is just great in it. Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> so my number go. six. Yep. The rookie. Uh, I don't know if you watched the show or not, but Nathan I Phil- do not. Nathan's Fillion's cop drama. Mm-hmm. I thought that the show was just going to be you know I'm like oh I'll watch it I like Nathan Fillion I did not expect it to be as deep and powerful as it actually is uh, the show just knocked me on my heels and it, it just kept going with it ever since like it is imagine um, what's the show with uh, or the movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena uh, End of Watch yeah end of, watch. end of Watch it's End of Watch starring Nathan Fillion it's that gritty and like huh like rough uh but it's on network tv and it has nathan fillion it's in it works it really works because you feel because the show is not afraid to go to those places Mm -hmm. that you always feel on the edge of your seat like this could be the one where we lose somebody and and it's one of those shows that's not afraid to do that wow yeah nice i do like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those seasons that has like twenty five episodes per season, so you know you really got to commit to it. But uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's really good. Very nice. Your number five. You know, I just realized I have eleven on my list. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I apologize so much. I, I like. I'm just going number five, but this looks like number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give my number six and my number five and be caught up. I apologize. I really didn't mean to do this. So I don't consider care. consider Russian Doll as my number eleven. Cool. And then moving on up. Good Place at number 10, Maniac at number 9, Doctor Who at number 8, Fleabag at number 7, and now we're to number 6. Yes. My number 6 is also a cop show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, my other network show uh, and my other sitcom on the list. Uh, So glad they're still making episodes of this show. Yes. Uh, I dig it so much. Holt is the best. Uh, yeah, I like. I mean, every Andre Brower is great as that. Uh, Andy Samberg's so good, obviously. Uh, Terry Cruz. Terry Crews is amazing. Uh, the relationship that Andy Samberg has with the uh, Joe Latrulio character, Julia, uh, is is pretty amazing. Chelsea Peretti leaving the show this Sad. last year, but it was hilarious how they went about it. Yeah. Uh, Hitchcock and Scully. Uh, are just amazing and also amazing that their names are shout outs to my you know my favorite director and yeah. you know one of my favorite characters, characters off X-Files. from X-Files so uh, I always pictured you as a Mulder guy to be honest <laughs> no no 100% Scully Crush in, in my, my youth uh, Jillian Anderson is whew, she's whew, pretty 
She's uh, and yet you I'm hate American Gods. I, I am a fan of. Uh, I'm a fan of Gillian Anderson, just not a fan of American Gods. <laughs> Fair enough. So your number five would then be. Uh, my number five then is Barry. Uh, okay. is where I have number five. So uh, and we've talked about that a little bit already, but uh, this show goes to some interesting places for a show that also tries to be over the top comedy and i just i'm blown away that it that it somehow makes it work had one of the best episodes in television this last year and since you haven't caught up i'm i won't even necessarily mention it but there's an episode that involves a a little girl that is just mind-blowing it's great all right so there you go spoilers there's a girl in an there's a girl in one of the episodes <laughs> uh, number four my number five. Your number five. Yes. Yes. Letter Kenny. Okay. Funny show on TV. Enough said. Next. <laughs> All right. My number four is Mind Hunter. Uh, just squeaking in under the under the deadline. Um, I dig this show. Fincher. I I don't know what it is because I'm not usually like a dark per, like a dark content kind of person. Yeah. But Fincher has this way of putting you in the world and in the environment in a way that there's a mystery and an interest to it that is intellectual instead of just purient, right? Like it's, it's intellectual and it's in your mind instead of just like the violence of it or the gore of it or those kind of things. So I I don't know. I really dig all the interviews with the serial killers in this show. I like how it, 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 um, mirrors real life and kind of the real life thing that the FBI did with figuring out how to profile and those kind of things. So, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Mindhunter. I can't wait to see where it goes because you talk about a show that gets, that really understands the mythology episodes. It doesn't even really do mythology episodes. It just has a mythology it layers into the beginning of every episode. And so eventually we're going to get to the final season of Mindhunter and it's we're going to have all this back information on what whoever this final serial killer is and they're just holding it there they're just waiting and then just doing other things and building the characters and the plot and it's just it's great stuff yep so i love mindhunter very nice so that was your number four number four so my number four this is where i have big little lies nice uh yeah uh the cast just makes this show uh i don't think that if you don't have those performances i don't think the show is as powerful as it is but they're just so good. Yep. So yeah. here we go. I did not have it in my top 10. Mm. Um, I did have it on my list of shows to talk about. But again, season two just wasn't quite up to snuff for me as some of the other shows that I really enjoyed. So It's just Nicole Kidman and Streep going I back know, and forth the, against each other. I know. Those courtroom scenes, ugh, so good. Uh, my number, number three, three, you've already mentioned Stranger Things is in at number three for me. It's very my nice. third favorite show of the year. Uh, again, I was very shocked that I loved season three as much as I did. Um, I, th- I thought I'd enjoy it. Like I enjoyed season two. I didn't realize how much I was going to love it, but it's just, they just made some great choices. They made great choices with how they moved the characters together. They made great choices with how they have theme things i also think the theories we talked about with the show on the one we did theory crafting for this show is is, so fun is very fun and very interesting and i i it is not often but sometimes i I, and this is one of those cases where i feel like i think i I think i may know where they're going with this and we talked about that in the spoilers for that episode but uh and if and it's also if they do go there 
uh, it's very risky. It's risky, <laughs> but I but I think that's where we're headed. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I really dug Stranger Things season three. What do you got at number three? This is where I have the Good Doctor. Oh yeah, I know Man. you love this show. I've never watched it. Man, Freddie Highmore just kills it. Uh, you know me; I'm a sucker for medical dramas, and I think that this could, if it continues on the arc it's going, it has the potential to be a house caliber show. Wow. And you know me, House is, for me, the greatest show ever made. Yeah. So if it has that potential and they can keep going on the way that they're going, I think it could actually reach that pinnacle. Yeah. There's another show that really understood how to do the case of the week. Yeah, but and, have and, an under, uh, overlying story, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I and mean, it was character-based. It was, you know, it was the yeah. painkiller thing or this thing. You know, that, that show really got it. Mm-hmm. That understood it well. All right, our, our top two. Yeah. My number two is Black Mirror. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think it is. I'll continuous. take it off my honorable mention list. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you had it up this high. I loved it. I, I And I knew when we were talking about it, um, the, the times we've talked about it, that I, I apparently love it. Love this new season more than uh, a lot of people do, but um, I think the Anthony Mackie was just the one, the only one I was like, "Wow, that's crazy!" I I, almost every episode I watch of Black Mirror, I feel that way. I the uh, well, talking about um, uh, Fleabag uh, has what's his name in it, Um, Andrew Scott who was also Moriarty Moriarty. in in Sherlock, right? His episode of Black Mirror was my favorite this year, and it just, like, owned me. Was his his third one or something? I can't remember the order they went in. I apologize. Uh, That's totally Um, fine. I think it was the second one I watched, so I I don't know if that means it's the second of the season. Sure. Um, I also include Bandersnatch in kind of season three, or season, whatever the new season of Black Mirror season four, six ish. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know but, if we're counting like the ones that were on the BBC. I think first you have to, or, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't even really know. Um, but uh, but I I really think Black Mirror is doing some incredible stuff, and I you know cannot wait to watch every episode that comes out. Very nice. So there you go. My number two. Your number two. This is where I have the boys. Wow, I'm way seri- up there. I'm serious, man. I our lists are fairly different. I like this. We're really good shouting out a lot of shows. Yeah, I, have we had any overlaying besides Stranger Things? Uh, we had Stranger Things. Oh, good Omens. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's just Stranger Things. Wow. Depending um, on what we have at number one, which there is a correct answer for number one. <laughs> <clears throat> there is. Yeah. Well, I don't have it. Mm. I'll let you know that right now. Okay. I could give you. I could give you. <laughs> 30 guesses at my number one, and I don't think you'd get it. But anyways, continue on. Um, it's not Better Call Saul. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go, uh, like I said, with the boys. Uh, I just, man, the way that that show turned the cliche, you know, genre that we have for superheroes on its head and made it so believable. And I love that cast. Uh, like I said, uh, Anthony just killed it. So did Carl Urban. Just... Oh, such a good show. Nice. I cannot wait for season two. I'm glad you like it. I like the concept. I like some of the things that they chose to do with it, some of the visuals. I like some of the interesting places they go philosophically mm-hmm. with it. Um, I just I felt like it was a little on the nose at times, especially with the, some of the character work. But, um, but no, I dig it. I'm interested to see what they do for sure. Oh, when A-Train, uh, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first five minutes of the episode, whenever he runs through mm-hmm. that person, yeah. the way that that was shot yeah. is just so it's crazy. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Yes, no. it's, it's incredibly gory, oh, obviously. It's, yeah, it's grotesque. Yeah. But it's like, 
I like how they worked with physics in this. Well, and it, and it it's so important to understanding our lead character's state of mind and mm-hmm. all that. So it's... We didn't even talk about Simon Pegg having, a, I guess, a cameo? Or I like know, a, he's, a, he's a character. He's a character, yeah, yeah. but... He's a supporting barely, character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's inter- it's cool that he doesn't feel like he he's at that level of actor that he has to be the main in yeah. anything, which he kind of could if he wanted to. He's yeah. that good. But your number one show, yeah, of 2019 is. I'm telling you, I, I think this will be a, a huge surprise. Uh, it is my second show in my top ten that Bill Hader is in. My number one is documentary now. Oh, man, uh, this show's so funny. This I I've seen the new seasons. So. I it is so good. It is I it, when I was thinking about this, uh it passes the DVR test. I have to see the new episode as soon as it's up. Uh it passes the intelligence test because what they're doing with uh <laughs> kind of doing mock versions of actual really smart documentaries. Yeah. It's kind it, it kind of turns mockumentaries on their head a little bit because they even though you could qualify them as mockumentaries, they do a better documentary. They're almost now. it almost has that Edgar Wright feel where it both mocks the thing it's doing and also honors it at the same time. That's it, and it does it so well. And you can you can interact with this show on multiple levels. You can interact with it just on how hilarious they are being in this documentary they're putting up there. You can interact with it on the watching the original documentary it's based on and going, Oh, I see what that's a reference to the little winks and nods and different stuff like that. Uh, it works on a casting level. Some of the cast they got for this season was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, this, this show blows me away and I am, I, I love in this, this season was a little bit different in that in the first season, Every, maybe not every, but for the most part, it was just um, Fred Armisen and um, Bill Hader. Bill Hader, yeah. Playing one of the two, you know, two of the main roles in every single one. It's not quite like that this time. Oh, it's not? Um, in this new season? Or? In the new season. Okay. Um, it still does that a little bit, I mean, but there's they, more people involved. They always had cameos involved. like Jack Black and stuff like that come in. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I, if you aren't watching documentary now... Uh, I get, again, I know it's on um, IFC. IFC, which apparently is where all the great shows go to hide. Um, <laughs> but you absolutely 100 uh, percent should watch it. Um, you can feel uh, Seth Meyers influence here as well. I know he produces it with uh, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen. Um, I just think it's it's brilliant. It's, it's kind of like if yeah. I almost don't want to throw Saturday Night Live even into the conversation because Saturday Night Live is such its own little weird thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it has the feel as if Saturday Night Live was doing something, you know, extremely prestige. They're <laughs> digital <laughs> shorts. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I don't know. It's great stuff. It's it's one of my favorite things uh, ever, and it's my number one of 2019. Very so, cool. What's yours? Chernobyl. Yeah. I mean, it's one of, if if we're counting it. It might be the greatest uh, miniseries ever made. And again, made. I just didn't count it. You know what? It's it yeah. is it is really good though. Yeah. If we're counting it, then yeah, it's my number one. If we're not, then just move everything. I don't up. know if it would be my number one if I counted it, but um, I think it would have made my top ten for sure. Yeah. I mean, the score, the soundtrack, the cinematography, those two things alone make it like one of the best shows ever. Because the way they just filmed this was haunting and then you have 
obviously a stellar cast that just nails this uh i almost called it a movie because it feels like a five-hour movie that's, again that i think in my brain is why i thought i, I figured it was just a movie it feels like yeah. a documentary almost yeah um but it's not it's not at all it's yeah. it's it's not a documentary uh one of the most the actually i think it is the most tense i've ever felt um in a show was in this uh when those guys are in the water on in that plant <sighs> trying to like with the Geiger counters going off, you're like, uh, just, oh, man, just hurry up, please. I can't yeah. stand this. The way that show dealt with tension and horror, and it was just so unafraid to show you the true uh, consequences and reality of what happened in Chernobyl. It's crazy. I can't, I don't know how many times I'm going to rewatch that show, but it's going to be a lot more. <laughs> Um, I think in our conversation about uh, the official Sif Pop uh, TV show of 2019, mm -hmm. um, I think the best thing to do is to count it and just say it's Chernobyl. Um, okay. I think that's the best route to go. Otherwise, I mean, really, the only Stranger Things, the only thing we agreed on was Stranger Things. That yeah. would be the other option, I think, for us. Um, unless you know, either of us found the other convincing on something we didn't have on our list. But I think. I mean, all of your shows you mentioned are ones I just had to delete off of my top ten. <laughs> right. And and I I think you said this too. Uh, I don't know if we said it on podcast proper or when we were talking earlier. Any of these shows that are going to be in our uh, members only could have been in my top ten if yeah. I just really thought about them and you know just worked it around a little bit easily. No, yeah. Any of no, them. there are several shows uh, that it, it pains me uh, that they weren't there, but. I mean, listen to this. Neither one of us even put Game of Thrones on our our top ten. Well, yeah, because we were talking about the final this season. Year, yeah, right? Yeah. Garbage. But think of that. Can you imagine last year, right after our Sif Pop 2018 TV awards? Yeah. Which we both had Game of Thrones, by the way, as our number one. And I think I could be remembering this incorrectly. No, yeah, we and, had it win. And as our Sif Pop TV show of the year. Right after that, somebody says, guess what? Neither one of you will have Game of Thrones in your top 10 for 2019. <laughs> fool. <laughs> you leave, yeah. you fool. Well, I don't know. Maybe I would have believed him. Maybe just for the simple fact that I knew there were going to be six episodes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, this future person says that, <laughs> they're, that person. they're not going to wrap Future it man up. came. Future man came. <laughs> Josh Hutcherson popped up just to tell us how much Game of Thrones is going to suck. Well, there you go. Congratulations <laughs> to Chernobyl and Stranger Things. Uh, yeah. We'll give you a little co-sifty for the Sif Pop 2019 TV show of the year uh that brings us to our buried treasure yes. finish out so what's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about andrew uh i got a movie um the trailer for uncut gems just dropped and that's going to be the new safety brothers mm -hmm. uh movie and uh it made me think about their last movie i saw that had robert pattinson in it good time um i guess it's saf yeah safty i don't I always have trouble pronouncing their name. But uh, if you haven't seen Good Time, I highly recommend it. It's a beautifully shot movie, great soundtrack. If I had to compare it to anything, maybe, like, this is going to be a real stretch, but an Americanized Run, Lola, Run. Have you seen mm. the movie? I have not. Okay. Um, basic, the basic premise is Robert Pattinson has this younger brother who is mentally disabled, um, who's actually played by one of the Safdie brothers. And, uh, 
Both of them rob a bank, but his brother gets caught and thrown in jail. So now it's all about Robert Pattinson running around New York trying to gather, I think, $10,000 for the bond for his, to get his brother out of Rikers Island because he doesn't want his mentally handicapped brother to be in there. And uh, just him running all over town, it was it's fascinating to watch. Robert Pattinson really flexes his acting muscles. Like, nice. uh, good job, Batman. Uh, so what you got? My buried treasure. I have been neck deep in uh, documentaries lately. Mm. Uh, I've been doing uh, nomination deliberations for the Critics' Choice Documentary Awards, which is coming up soon, because uh, we have divided out documentaries yep. from the main movie awards. Uh, and so, yeah, the first part of my screener season is all about the documentaries. Um, and have you heard of Sea of Shadows? Yeah. Uh, sea of Shadows is my buried treasure. It's really good. Um, I, I Documentaries, to me, the best documentaries are ones that find a way to tell you a story just through capturing uh, actual visual information. Um, it's fine. There are great documentaries that have narrators. There are great documentaries where the documentarian kind of inserts themselves. That's okay. It happens. But the best documentaries to me are the ones that make me feel something, make me think something just by showing me something. And Sea of Shadows definitely does that. It's basically a combination of... Blackfish. Blackfish and Goodfellas. <laughs> or or Blackfish and, uh, you know, some sort of... Uh, Sicario. Sicario or Narcos, you yeah. know, something like that. It, it, it really is intense. It goes to some places I wasn't expecting. As far as what it's capturing, it's capturing what's happening in the Sea of Cortez in Mexico with uh, illegal fish that's yeah. going on there overnight. These wee little whales. Um, and, well, they're technically not fishing for the whales. They're technically fishing for this fish that I can't pronounce. Starts with a T. But basically, their blad- their swim bladder mm-hmm. uh, goes for $100,000 in China because it's considered oh, yeah. a, a delicacy kind yeah. of thing. And so they're, they're, what they've done in fish in doing this illegal fishing for this fish is they've also killed the population of this, uh, this world's smallest whale, yeah. which is called a vaquita. Uh, and I think they said there continue to be less than 15 of these alive. Wow. Um, and so the humans s- suck. So the story is about what people are trying to do to save this species. And, and really, honestly, I don't think it matters even if you even if you don't fall along anywhere on the spectrum of you know environmental care like you know if you uh, from al gore to whoever would be on the other end of that spectrum <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean uh i almost said rush limbaugh but i haven't heard of rush limbaugh in you know years and i don't know what he's saying these days oh, but he's just eating poutine and yelling at <laughs> People that aren't white. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, uh, I don't think it matters where you fall on that, let's say, political spectrum. Sure. I think the movie gives you a really fascinating look at what people are trying to do and uh, at what you know humans are capable of, both positively and negatively. <laughs> so, um, yeah, big recommend for me. It's called Sea of Shadows. I've watched so many documentaries. Like I, I could, I could go on and talk about all these documentaries uh, one after another. But that's the one I think I wanted to bring 
uh, to the surface. Do you think most. that it's going to be your big contender for the nominations? The ones you've seen so um, far, at least? I don't know that I'm allowed to really say. Fair enough. Um, so I'm going to, I'm just going to avoid the question. I don't, I don't. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to put you in an awkward yeah, spot. I don't want to be in an awkward spot with, uh, you know, as far as talking publicly about the nomination process at all, uh, other than uh, this is a great, great documentary. So, Sea of Shadows. Nice. We did it, man. Woo. We made it through 2019 TV season. Well, we made it through a small section of 2019 <laughs> TV season. Well, I mean, we survived. Yeah. We survived all whatever 70 combined shows that we wanted to mention. Well, we done did a podcast it re- and it, a film. It really is incredible how much TV is out there. Uh, it's insane. And, how, and that we've actually watched. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe I've actually watched that much TV. Yeah. It's kind of depressing and also amazing. Yeah, I never thought depressing, it's, but it's, now I am. Thanks. Amazing. It's depraising. Depreciating. Depreciating quickly. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today and talking uh, television. Thank you, buddy. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil, who, though not with us today, has been doing incredible work with the uh, video part of this podcast. The way you said that kind of sounded like he was dead. We've lost Professor yeah. Phil. <laughs> like, professor. Who isn't with us anymore? <laughs> We've lost Professor Phil. Uh, professor Phil, not yeah, producer. That's, that's what I said first thing well we did technically lose a professor phil all we have left is producer phil so yes but thank you to uh, like phil this. for doing that amazing stuff and yeah check out the youtube channel go to uh, youtube and search for sif pop uh lots of fun stuff going on there with this show and beyond uh much love and gratitude to our sif pop members for making that kind of stuff happen uh your monthly uh giving to be a member your monthly membership fee covers a lot of amazing stuff so thank you for that uh that starts at three bucks a month and there are different perks for different levels of membership, uh, including a monthly video hangout, lots of other fun stuff. It's at Patreon, patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, rate the show, throw some stars at us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can email us, feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than sticking the landing on your dragon show. Uh, we will we will be back next week to talk about Joker. And we'll see you there. Woo. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.